And welcome to the wonderful world of pros and doms. Good evening, doms. Pros and doms. It's how it sounds when it sings. Pros and doms. Wow, we're doing all sorts of musical tricks here, aren't we? I'm trying. I'm trying. Sing. Be a little uplifting in these times. And now I've heard myself in my headphones, so I will stop. What if you did the whole podcast just singing along? Just do like opera? Is that something something real? I don't know about opera, but just put it to a melody. Just kind of like... Just kind of scat it. Just, just try and put it to some notes, even though you can't really, you know, into a little bit of a beat. Oh, you didn't like that? Subtle and not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> All pros. Oh, dams. I, I, I. How are you? Let's start there. That's a good starting point. I'm good. I'm chewing gum tonight. Hopefully that doesn't ruin the audio quality. I think it just speaks to um I got some chunks in there for the listeners. Proud day. Pros proud proud day. Um We'll fix it in post or we won't. No, I won't. you no you won't. No you won't. False. I said um, I've deleted many things from this podcast that maybe we haven't. Oh, well, dear. Watch out. Watch yourself, Doms. Uh, watch yourself, Doms. Um, yeah, I don't know. What's, what's, what's going on? Nothing too much in this world that we live in today where what can be going on. It's COVID. It's COVID now. It's COVID later. It's COVID before. It's COVID, COVID, COVID. Your COVID time. And let me ask you this. When, when you see the news flashes today, it's kind of like you don't even have to say the word COVID in it and people know what you're talking about. It's kind of just like a universal thing now. Do you know what I'm getting at? Like adding in bed at the end of a fortune cookie? Like if the news headline just said 300 more deaths today, we'd Mm -hmm. all know what that was in reference Mm to. Yep. That's that's true. I had a, I had a, uh, angrily reaction to our local news I follow it, I mistakenly followed on Facebook. And it was breaking news. Coronavirus and you know they have that very the this the what the coronavirus looks like cuz it's scary. It's a scary looking thing. It's all in and then they do it in red and they have the words coronavirus in red. And it's okay. like Shemung County. Two more cases. Now 39 cases countywide. And to be clear, we're, we've been the least hit of upstate counties so far. 
I'd have to say. Is that a fair assumption? I, I, mean, I think so. But even reporting it, pros, it was... The one, at one point in time, and they stopped doing it, I hope they got enough flack for it, was like, Bradford, PA. Ten more cases reported. Now count 12,000. And I'm like, oh, I don't think Bradford, PA has 12,000 cases. No, uh, I don't think the state any. does. So now what they're doing is they're saying, this is how many new cases in this county, and this is the total, but not telling you it's the total. And now you're just, so if you read it quick enough or you're dumb enough, you're just thinking that this is the account of Bradford County. Now, I, I was about to refute you for a second, but I thought, forgot we were talking about Pennsylvania, which is not seeing the number of cases in New York. Because I was going to be like, I think that's closer to 100,000 up here, but. But yeah, the news seems to be loving this in the sense that there's nothing else to talk about. They're all working from home, so they're getting kind of lazy. And they'll just make whatever sensationalist headline gets the gets the sales, it seems like. Uh, CNN, in the first time I'm bringing this up right now, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up. This is the first time I've ever heard anti-news. I'm going to call it anti-news, pros. Virus death toll could be lower than warned, officials say. The CDC director says the corona death toll could be lower than original White House estimates. The difference, social distancing. Now, this is a topic to explore for another time, but again, we don't know what the difference initially was. Adjusted coronavirus model predicts fewer people in the U.S. will need hospitals, but 82,000 will still die by August. This is due to a an influential model tracking the coronavirus pandemic in the United States now predicts fewer. This is due to a massive infusion of new data led to adjustments. According to the model's maker, Dr. Christopher Murray, who serves as the director of the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington School of Medicine. Before we go any further, pros, I want to just warn you of a programming note. Let's not take this to the traditional pros and doms where we start sounding irreverent to the oh, people who will die. Oh, do but, tell. But, yeah. <laughs> pros. Pros. Yes. I told you this before. And this disgusts me to my very core, listeners. It disgusts me to my very core, but I'm going to say it. Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. Or was it, or do you want to be optimistic and say this was part of the plan? This was the PR plan that, you know, Trump had to get up there, eat some crow. I don't think Trump has ever ate crow in his life. And said, hey, we're gonna we're projecting between a hundred thousand to two hundred and fifty thousand people dying. We're gonna get the Surgeon General up here and say this is going to be the Pearl Harbor 9-11 moment this week. And if we don't hit that, oops. then oops. We did our job. But we did 
Yeah. Government did at its best. Government at its best. We had to scare them. We had to scare the people off of Clearwater Beach. We had to scare the grandmothers from coming and having to have that hug with their grandchild. Now, I got dinner tonight at Core Life, which is a local chain that is kind of like an Americanized version of uh, Chipotle, I would best describe it as. So it's not Mexican food, it's just wholesome food and salads that you can get, and they, they scoop it out to you. Scoop it. Yeah. So, you know, rice. If you're not talking about gelato, that sounds like the most disgusting verb for a, a dinner. So what do you mean? I, I noticed something interesting as I was waiting in line. Okay. There was, there was nobody ahead of me. The store was completely empty. There were six workers behind the glass. <laughs> and they took about five minutes to serve me. Why did they take about five minutes to serve me? Because all those people that would have normally been in line have ordered it via DoorDash. And I'm jumping ahead of their queue. They don't know, pros. You don't know that, that... Well, they don't know that you're cutting them. They don't know that I'm cutting them, but there again, I waited about as much as if there were a 20-person line in there. <laughs> but, and it, yeah. took me a, it took me a second to like kind of dawn on me what was happening. I'm like, wait a second, there's six people here. They're running around like crazy. I'm the only person literally in this food establishment. What are they doing? And I say that without exaggeration, there was zero line. Absolutely zero. But they have this stranger in the strange land, aren't you? You're in the minority. You're the, you're the problem. The DoorDash is the new norm. It might as well be a closed warehouse where they assemble DoorDash meals. Like Blue Apron? Like Blue Apron. (laughs) A a fully cooked Blue Apron. (laughs) Wow. That's the the ultimate market inefficiency. I'm standing in this 4,000 square foot restaurant with all this seating that's not being utilized. And they're utilizing about 150 square feet that is getting the same amount of sales that 4,000 square feet did. You know, that's quite a difference in ratio. Now, obviously, that business is locked into that space for rent or lease or own or whatever they have their business arrangement for. But how does this change the future of fast food? Do we see the do we see the space shrinking out in the dining area of like a Wendy's to where it's like two tables? Well, we talked about this. talking about um, we've talked about that not on the podcast, but yeah, you're definitely right. This is a whole nother podcast worthy level thing. But talking about how 
Walmart will every Walmart will be a distribution center and it'll be pickup only. Right, because it's wasted space that you have to maintain and clean. That you're paying rent on. Merchandise, light, heat. Yeah, you don't, yeah. And and inside of a Walmart pretty much looks like a distribution center anyway. You need a third of it if you start going vertical with it. Right, those ceilings are high enough to convert those. And I don't want to dovetail into that. But yeah, I think... Yeah, that's that's where and and I think this is another COVID related podcast. What will life be like after COVID? And it's a it's a very simple um it's a very simple thing, right? I mean it's a very simple thing. It's actually one of the number one um analysis that are done on a small business loan from a bank is profit, projected profit per square foot. You put your floor plan down and they literally, you have to categorize how, what is this square foot, is this square foot making you money or not? And obviously if it was just a small little factory pumping out poor life scooped meals, they wouldn't need to insure it as much as they do. They wouldn't need to light it. They wouldn't need to spend money. You know, my friends, my friend owns many, uh, you know, a good number of subways. He's on a rotation plan. They have to update the interior every 10 years because it's proven that if your buildings look too old, even though you still have the same high quality food, which he doesn't. His, Allegedly. His franchises do not. That if your buildings start to look old, you will lose market share very quickly. So you have to keep a fresh look. He's spending tens of thousands of dollars on that. That's all gone, bros. That's all gone. So yeah, talk about efficiency. Talk about what's right. It's just, hey, did your product win or die? And that, that's all that it should be. But yeah, no, I, 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 I really think... That's a whole vested conversation is life after COVID. But come on. And I love it. I, you know me. I love the efficiency. I love saving the money, too. I haven't bought a drink in two months because I'm not going to get to go and then buy a drink. I know New York State's changed their laws, and you can buy an unopened bottle of beer. Um, and that's stupid because I'm not going to my favorite pizza shop and spending a premium on buying a six-pack of Bud Light when I have a better beer for a cheaper amount here. So I, I, I don't, God bless, do whatever you have to do to try and keep the economy going, and, but that's, that has no value to me whatsoever. But, well, that's, that's something I'd like know. to ask, too. Um, Applebee's the other day I went by, and they were advertising drinks to go, and it had a picture of a Coors Light bottle. Now, you know as well as I do, that grocery store Coors Light bottle, that glass bottle is about 70 cents. 70 cents to 85 cents in price range. What, what are they charging on that? I have to think it's a discount compared to what it would be in the, in the restaurant if you sat down and ate, right? 
Is it not? Are you still paying $5 for one Coors Light bottle? And how is that transaction different than just going to the grocery store to the fridge aisle with the Coors Light on the shelf and purchasing that? What's going through the consumer's mind to make them think that's okay? Because I don't want to make another stop at the grocery store tonight. So I'll get my $8.99 Applebee's Tex-Mex critter salad. And sure, throw in a $5 beer on top of that. I don't know. Where is the price point changed? Is it a $2 beer? If it was a $2 beer, I can understand it. All right, well, let's get into it then, pros. Let's get into it. Life after COVID. Life after the quarantine. Are people, have people found the light? Have people seen the light? Has a, a, a critical mass been converted to food delivery, to food Pick up or take out? Or are people still enamored with the fact of getting out of their houses and eating at some place that is even more depressing in atmosphere, which I would say an Applebee's versus my house? The atmosphere in my house is better than the atmosphere at an Applebee's. Does this change the game? I, so here's the thing. I legitimately thought about getting Core Life delivered tonight. However, what went through my mind is, number one, being there in person, you're ensuring the quality of the product. Right? There's something right. Psych- psychological, I think, both ways. And, and, I mean, you as well as I numerous times have had delivery gone wrong for some reason. And I don't ask for many customizations to my order. I ask for like one extra thing on my tunable. It's not that fancy. Like I don't, I don't go crazy with it. You know, it's not a Starbucks uh, Becky order of a half calf skim, no whip latte, easy on the cow juice, strong on the almond juice, you know, it's not that level of customization I'm talking about. I'm just talking about maybe one thing different. But I've, I've ordered delivery before and, and it's gotten, you know, I've ordered chicken before and I've gotten steak. Oh, two nights ago, I ordered DoorDash. And I put in there, please deliver at 530. Because I wasn't going to be home till 515. Knowing that they were going to screw it up. I put that order in at 4.15, left work at 4.30, did my errands, did my chores, got home at 5 o'clock and was greeted with a text message on my phone at 4.45. Hey, I'm Greg, your door dasher, and your food's sitting on the front. Because remember, it's contactless, so they're not handing the food to a person. Here's a picture of your food sitting on your stoop. 40 minutes before I asked for it to be delivered. It sat. So it sat for like 15, 20 minutes. See, that's where I disagree with you. I think you're asking for too tight of a window for that kind of thing. Then don't give me that window. I agree with that. Then modify your offering to put it in the window. Uh, 
you get four five to five. Five guys does that. Five guys you get, does that. You get four to five or five to six or six to seven. It's dinner time. The whole world is eating right now. And their whole world is eating delivery right now. Patrick, I complete or pros, I completely agree. We'll fix that in post. I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. What I don't agree with is that if you know by now, DoorDash should know what their what their capabilities are. And more likely they should know what their capabilities aren't with this <laughs> demand because of these quarantines. Well, very little to the first part and very much to the latter part of that At- statement. Absolutely. So let's not get more specific with what that was. I got to pick, not a range, I got to pick a time in 15-minute increments. I agree with you logically, commonsensically. I agree with everything you said. But what I disagree with you on is that there's an expectation that I should get some form, some level of accuracy, mainly within a 15-minute window, if that's the increments you're setting, to get some level of delivery near that time. And I completely agree. It's unreasonable. Then set how you're delivering and how you're ordering the product, which is very easy to do on an app. I think DoorDash should just advertise, you know, pay us $15, select a food category, and we'll deliver you that food category and be thankful. You know, pay us $15, and if you say you want a hamburger, we'll deliver you a hamburger, but we can't guarantee it's going to be from McDonald's. Because that's about the level of accuracy we're dealing with these people. You're getting that expectation as low as possible. You're getting that bar right to the floor, pros. I ordered, I paid my $15, I ordered chicken parm, I got spaghetti. Well, at least it's Italian. I think that's DoorDash's kind of commercial that they need to put out, because that's about their level of accuracy that I'm seeing. Oh, and I completely agree with you. I'm saying that the, rea- the, the actual verse promised is much there's a huge gap. There's a huge gap in reality there. And they would get much further along, especially with this heightened demand, if they were able, if, if they just said, hey, this is what we're capable of doing right now. Pick a restaurant and we'll just give you food from that restaurant that's guaranteed to be at least lukewarm. Right, because here's the other thing. Depending on that level of demand and the amount of dashers that are in that area, if I did get home at five o'clock and then put the order in, I might be waiting till six thirty. I might have only got my food at four forty five because I put in my order at four fifteen. They snuck you in the window, I think is what happened. Mm-hmm. If if they had to actually deliver at five thirty, then everybody else's other food would be two hours late. Right. And we're talking about a company controlling the masses with an app, are we not? Just like Uber. If you work for Uber, you don't report to Uber corporate where they have some manager go over the ropes with you. All your instructions are via an app that they decided that is adequate enough to 
figure out the rules of conduct for how to run your small business, but let's be real, you're just working for DoorDash, you're working for Uber. Right. And it's it's by no small miracle that 100% of America participates in DoorDash and their mission and their vision is executed solely through your phone. Right. Yep, yep, yep. There's no brick-and-mortar person telling DoorDash employees how to conduct their business. They're just hoping for the best. There's no Uber school of driving where you spend three months learning how to pick up passengers, learning how the best way to, you know, deal with rush hour is. This is just learned on the fly. This is like a social learning experiment. Well, in Uber sense, and in, I think, also like Grubhub and Uber Eats, can't say about DoorDash because I don't think they care right now. I think if you have Pulse, you can be a DoorDasher. You live and die, but you can die very easy. You have to maintain over, what, like a 4.4, 4.5 rating, star rating, and they'll just drop you. Your boss is the customers. Right. You know, you're not reviewing your Taco Bell eat-in experience. Where they review, no, it's trash. Well, well, the cashier looked at me funny. They didn't put in enough ground beef. They're using non-FDA-regulated uh, caulk guns to squirt out the sour cream. There's no, there's no social um, management of these people at brick-and-mortar shops like there is with these mobile companies. Is this how life is going to... Back to our original tangent. Back to our original tangent. Is the eat-in restaurant model going to go away? going to be reduced or going to stay the same after COVID? I place a very high value on getting hot, fresh food if I'm paying for it, if I'm paying a premium for it, as opposed to warming up a frozen pizza. So I'm torn. I'm torn on this one because it it grosses me out. And this gets back to our original point we were talking about. It grosses me out to think that my food's been in somebody else's car that I don't know. (laughs) It grosses me out to think that an additional person who is not sanctioned by the restaurant is at one point in time in charge of my food. And has full and has solo audience with your food solo audience with my food i mean i i like the thought of being in a restaurant and seeing my food prepared if it's a fast food situation i would hope a fancier sit-down restaurant i could trust that the employees were making more so therefore there's a little more trust in how it's being prepared but in a fast food situation i see it made right in front of me and then it's transferred from restaurant employee to me there's no middleman. 
So that that kind of skews me out. I don't know if they're smoking in their car. I know they have uh the only saving grace is I know they have like the DoorDash bags, right? They have like the insulated bags that they put the food in at least. Which never get washed out, I'm sure. No. 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 But at least that's creating a a micro environment inside the air of their car that is preventing um further and, and this is not COVID related or anything else. This is just people's nastiness related. I, d- I don't like the idea of being on the floor of somebody's car. That's not my own. Okay. And eating, eating food from the floor of someone's car. So let's take the food delivery out of it. Okay. Are people going to be more apt to take out, pick up, take out slash pick up, and not eat in a restaurant after this. Well, I think it's really made the restaurants get a uh, first-hand experimental view of what it would look like when all their volume is coming from non-eaten people. And I think, you know, Starbucks already rolled this out like a couple years ago where it's contactless uh, pick up of your drink. You know, you just go to the end of the counter, you ordered it on the app, it has the sticker with your name on it, and you just take it. And you already paid on your phone, so there's no transaction exactly taking place at that time when you take ownership of your drink. Okay. And the baristas, I've noticed, are very attentive to if somebody's standing there and they say, oh, did we make your drink wrong? We'll remake it for you for free. Sorry about that. So there's that aspect of it. I think I'm just most intrigued by why the error rate is so high when it's ordered on a phone as compared to when it's ordered in the restaurant. Right, and I think that might be a separate nut to crack, but... I mean, if the, if the fast food employee is typing it in their computer what to make you, and then that goes back to the kitchen staff and they're seeing that bloop up on their screen. What What's being missed in translation from my iPhone to their point-of-sale system that's not exactly getting the order correct? Because I, I think that has to be the issue. I don't think it's the delivery driver. I mean, it should be as simple as... I mean, they obviously know you ordered food, right? And you get food, but somehow it's wrong. It just seems strange. The same could be said for Instacart, too. I've heard some Instacart horror stories of downgraded items, people getting, you know, $50 of value in food compared to the $100 they spent. Right, and that's back to everything we said about Uber and DoorDash and stuff like that. My aunt has a wonderful time with Instacart, but she has a few people, you know, but sometimes she'll get a call from the store and say, hey, they don't have this, but they have that. And how attentive are these Instacart people? Are they they picking the fruits correctly? I mean, they're on a timer. 
you know, I think there was a, a show on Food Network a few years ago. It was like Guy's Grocery Challenge where people just ran Oh, yeah, the I watched that. Yeah. I don't remember the premise of the show, but I think it was like get as many groceries as fast as you can in your cart on the list. I could be completely wrong about that, but I'd like to think that's what the show is about. And this is what these Instacart people are doing hour after hour. How can I navigate through the grocery store with this order as quickly as possible so I can get to the next one? Yeah. There's no picking system. There needs to be a closed Wegmans factory. There needs to be a closed grocery store factory that just spits out the order and the robots just pick it out and put it together in 10 seconds. It's a huge market inefficiency to have an actual person individually shopping for every single order. That's not how Amazon does it. Why should your local grocery do it that way? So I think this will allow for some good data to get back to these companies, but at the same time, they're not, I don't see them real time working out the kinks the way I've seen other companies work out kinks with, you know, working remote remotely it departments, just instantly setting up remote access for people, all this crazy stuff. But this, this seems to be just an overwhelming of the system that was already in place. And tell me I'm wrong on that. I might be. No, I, I agree, pros. I agree. I don't so think there's anything we really can do. I mean, I mean, you know, you've told me your DoorDash horror stories many times before and all the credits they've given you. And maybe I'm just exaggerating it. But and I've heard it from other people, too. I mean, they just give you credits. So how is DoorDash realistically making any money? Because I think their error rate would have to be less than 5% for them to be profitable. Because all that profit's instantly eating, eaten up the second they have to give you a credit. So now we have to do 20 orders right to just get back to even. Yeah, I think it's... Um... I suppose so. It's a volume game. It's a volume game. I mean, I would challenge, I would take a DoorDash challenge where I add three customizations to an order. And I would bet 80, 20%, 80% to 20%, it will be wrong when it's delivered. And it won't be within the given time window. And I'm talking simple, I order a Burger King Whopper, no tomato, no mayo, no lettuce. You think they're going to do that right? Can we do a pros and downs where we order something with three customizations on it and see if it's right? Let's do that. Let's do it. Let's we'll do really it live. Do that. Yeah. We'll do it live. Let's make that our next one. Because that also goes into that... This is a little programming note for our audience, but that also goes into that Grubhub one I want to do now in the light of COVID. And I, 
it's still better than nothing. Like I appreciate the effort that these companies are providing. It's better than not having this option out there. It's better than all the restaurants being permanently closed, right? But it's not great. I mean, it could be right. better. Well, that's a relative standard. Let's judge it on its absolute character because this was around before all the restaurants badly needed it. And I'm paying at least a 20% premium to do this, to have the right to sit in my home and just do this. You know, so for 20% premium, I'm getting less than, less than service, less than food that's lukewarm from the bottom of someone's car. Who's smoking? Parliaments? Menthols? Hopefully just smoking legal things? Out and spreading the virus? I agree, pros. It'll be a subject that I think uh, we need to explore a little more. We we need to do definitely a live show on this to... Uh, I love Adore- that idea. Maybe even a YouTube video, you know, like the Good Mythical Morning I watch. Mm-hmm. We're not sponsors of Good Mythical Morning, nor are they of us. But, uh, you know, three or three to five fast food restaurants, we order DoorDash from each of them. How's the quality compare? How's the freshness compare? How's the accuracy compare? Do we find that McDonald's is more accurate than Wendy's via DoorDash? Perhaps. Maybe the fast food restaurants are more accurate as opposed to the the non-chain ones that have to do custom DoorDash menus because they don't really know what they're doing. It's all for exploration. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, it's it's a rabbit hole. For another time, pros, for another time. Do you have anything else you'd like to add to this? No, this 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 well went into a direction I didn't know we were going into and a very interesting one. A very, <laughs> very interesting one. I wanted to have a conversation. You think we didn't answer the question, but I don't think we have time to answer the question. Are people, because obviously listeners, pros wanted to talk about this and not what I wanted to say, and I'm okay with that. This, this, that's why pros goes first in the title. So you know what? You guys tell us. Do you think, will people, after the quarantine is lifted, will people be more likely, if not by just lowering their standards of whatever food they can shove into their face with DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, or go and pick up the food, or go to quick serve restaurants where they can see the food prepared, are they leaving? Are people not going to eat in restaurants after this? I want your information, your thoughts on it, and um, we will come back to this some other time, I promise. And uh, as I've said before, I think it's a temperature-sensitive thing. If the food's temperature-sensitive, probably more likely to eat inside. Not as fun to eat at a fancy restaurant with cold food. But with that, we will conclude this pros and doms. Everyone out there, stay safe. Have a good evening.